Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. Once again, doing an episode from Florida in November. Go figure. So, Miles, you didn't get married again, as far as I know, right? No, I actually managed to hang on to the first one so far. All right, cool. One down. Um, so we're continuing on Noir November. Uh, Miles is here, obviously. Miles, say hello, Miles. Hello, Miles. Excellent, excellent. Steve's here. I am here. Miles and Steve are both sick, and I'm exhausted. So there's nothing that will go wrong during this episode. Uh, can't even do the sound effect. <laughs> that's the quickest that's ever happened. But, you know, great, great. Um, we're doing great, everyone. Uh, this episode brought to you by the uh, movie Miles' mom likes that made uh, him crack up laughing when Steve couldn't reference it properly. <laughs> the Malagro Beanfield War. Exactly. It's, 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 it's a movie. It has never been referenced more in modern podcasts than we have in the last two weeks. No, I think last week alone we referenced it more than <laughs> like the entire rest of the year anyone else in the world combined. I should have put it in the write-up for the article just to see if like the google news pings change like somebody involves like we got one we got a hit yeah it's uh it's gonna be the gritty uh, reboot just gonna be bean war yeah all right let's do actually we have a couple of questions we'll start with uh let's do ryan's uh, film hawk face off because he's asking about gene hackman films of fun, course fun. he is yes uh and not his uh, thoughts on diners, though. You know, Miles will eventually get down and find out. Get to the get to the uh, core of that one. For now, we start with the French Connection or the conversation. Uh, the conversation I feel like has come up before. That is one I have not seen that I know I need to. Uh, but the French Connection is great, so I'll go with that. Steve, I'll go with the conversation the shortest answer that involves a conversation um no no they're both good i think i'll mm -hmm. go french connection it's close though <laughs> it's a little different uh next up the poseidon adventure or superman um i'm not a big fan of that era of superman but i do think he's really good in it and poseidon adventure i'm sure i've seen once but i like you know, whatever the visual equivalent of in one ear out the other is, that's what that sure. one was. So I'll go with Superman. What about Poseidon Adventure or Poseidon? Uh, I mean, Poseidon's got Kurt Russell, doesn't it? Yeah. Not someone else, though. Emmy no, Rossum. but something. Sure. Emmy Rossum, that's right. There you go. I thought the cast is fine. Steve, where do you, where do you sit on these? Uh, I'm going to go Superman. I love that era of Superman. Those first two uh those that was my intro mm -hmm. to superhero films and uh i just watched it not too long ago with my daughters who kept saying he's not really it looks like he's you know they, they were explaining to me how they, how they all the effects were done no they did not i was like will you give get over that that's not the point i'm like it's like 40 years old but uh i i think it, it holds up pretty well it's you know it's not it's not the perfect superman movie but it's uh, yeah. definitely worth a watch. There's a lot of magic sure, there sure. on screen. It's no, it's no Superman Returns. I know. No, I, I, I I'm one of the right people who actually like that. There's a, I, I liked it too. It's flawed. Still, I mean, I, I will not be going back to it, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I haven't um, gone back. So, Miles, you, you would like this. I know you and Kevin Smith don't always agree, but uh, he dubbed it Superman lifts things. <laughs> I mean. The big, like, epic action third act finale is literally just him, like, lifting an island. It's like, wrestling. he's not fighting anyone. He's not doing a thing. And then he's just in a hospital bed for the last 10 minutes. And it's like, cool. This yeah. is this is super. what we want. This is super. Um, also, in a related story, um, Steve is officially moving his kids to Otisburg. Yeah. It's going to be nice. Otisburg. The rent's cheap. Uh, I'm going to go Superman. <laughs> but but beside adventure has its moments. Bonnie and Clyde or Mississippi Burning? Um, 
I probably need to go back to Mississippi Burning. I saw it years and years ago, and it's not another one that doesn't really stand out in my mind. Uh, but Bonnie and Clyde is a classic, and for a good reason. So I'll go there. Sure, Steve. Yeah, I agree with that. And with Mississippi Burning, I remember appreciating it a lot. I don't remember enough, and I'm wondering how it holds up. Is it one of those films that doesn't, you know, that feels like a film of that era, or does it? Is it still? You know something that worth the watch yeah. so but gene hackman's in it you know it, that alone i'll revisit any gene hackman film i think you heard it first steve's watching welcome the mooseport i was literally just thinking that i'm i'm watching it tonight there you go uh i'll go bonnie and clyde though i will say it's of its time as well not necessarily in the filmmaking but in the reception because i imagine if you watch that movie now you don't feel like you've seen some orgy of violence that's reprehensible and must be banned. Oh, no, of course not. It's yeah. very quaint. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're shooting people. Unforgiven or the quick and the dead. Uh, he's great in Unforgiven. Um, as with most of Clint Eastwood's work, it's kind of it's something that I can maybe appreciate, but not really connect with. Uh, but I freaking love Quick and the Dead, and he's really strong in it, so that's an easy one. Yeah. Steve? I'm kind of flip a coin, so uh, no coin here. I'll go Unforgiven. Mm, there you go. Um, I'll go Quick and the Dead, but it is a similar coin flip. Much like the one in No Country for Old Men to celebrate the War of Ember. See, remember <laughs> when I was consistently screwing that up last week? Yeah, oh, how could I forget? I'm one for one. The Firm or Crimson Tide? Um, no strong feelings on either. Uh, I'll go Crimson Tide. All right, Steve? Uh, <laughs> same thing. I'll, I'll go with The Firm. All right. Uh, Crimson Tide. I I like both. Of, you know, they're, they're Hollywood movies. They're They're... Mm-hmm. watch them with popcorn hanging out type movies but Crimson Tide does have a Tarantino script finally The Birdcage or The Royal Tenenbaums also speaking of Tarantino has anyone picked up his criticism book I have not I have not I will eventually curious how he tells me how to do my job in any event Birdcage or Tenenbaums um I do really like his bit in the birdcage. Um, Tenenbaums, though, that feels like it kind of feels like because he retired not too long after it. So in many ways, it's kind of like his the master, you know, yeah. like the last like big performance he went out on. Um, less so with Mooseport. Mm. Um, <laughs> so bite your tongue. Both good. But I think I'm going to go Tenenbaums. Fair. Steve? I'm going Tenenbaums for sure. I mean, I think that's one of my favorites uh, of his. So let's go with that. Well, it is a Wes Anderson that I like. I will go Birdcage. I think the Birdcage is a riot. Does it hold up well? I haven't seen it in quite a while. Last time I watched it was a couple years ago. It was on TV. And it Hank Azaria's character doesn't read super well anymore. But... It's also done so, like, meant to be taken as a silly joke that it's, I don't think anyone, I've never heard anyone get offended by it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it, if it bounces off as like, oh, this is clearly meant to be silly and a, no one's meant to be offended by this type thing. No one, we're not trying to make fun of you. We're making a fun character type thing. I'm sure that's not everyone's take, but that seems to be how a lot of people took it at least by the sort of silence and no one ever went after it it's my hunch at least all right um steve you saw a mystery not quite some not quite a noir but movie that's a whodunit yes i did Hmm. would you like to say who said it who saw it you saw i saw i saw clue uh five years ago oh no i Uh, saw only, only five years ago I will most recently. No, that was actually probably two years ago. But no, I saw Glass Onion, and uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's quite funny. It's if you, yeah, if you've 
if you like Knives Out, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, I I was not worried, I wouldn't say, but I was disappointed when I first heard this was coming out. I was like, oh, I'd like to see some of the cast return. But five minutes in, you forget about the the cast from the uh, from Knives Out and just get wrapped Short up in this. Daniel Gregor. Well, I mean, excluding him because yeah, yeah, he, I believe he'll be the the thread throughout all these films uh, exactly. if they continue to make more. But yeah, it's. I mean, I, I really had got a kick out of some of the characters. I thought Kate Hudson's character was uh, was very well written, and and the the way they she not only the way she portrayed it, but just like the you know, there's some jokes that are that are very uh, of the now. With yes. her being out of touch with society, essentially, pretty much out of touch with everything, uh, which I thought was very she, funny. She gets, I thought she, her character is like pseudo getting canceled, right? There's something she's yes. up to, like every and it's, with every step, yeah. it seems. And it's the reaction to it that's that's funny. It's yeah, he, her inability to read the room uh, yes. is it's really funny. Uh, it's a different Batista, dynamic than last time. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, Batista is a lot of fun. Yes. Um, Leslie Olden Jr. is great. You know, it's just you know, I think the cast across the board, the whole ensemble, oh, does a great job. But a. yeah, oh yeah, of course, she's excellent. Um, yeah, Ed but the yeah, Ed Norton's another one. Ed Norton, you know, is one of those actors who you know has has done a lot of great stuff, but he kind of yeah, you just don't think of him as much anymore because he hasn't had a a role in the last, at least the last few years that I can think of that stands out that you go, oh, and this is one that, you know, they might put him back on the map for some people who who don't know his earlier work. Um, sure. And... Well, I mean, it's a, it's a movie that's trafficking in the nature of, like, old friends in that sense, as opposed to the first one, which was family. So they they get to go, I don't know, they're bigger, because they're pretty big in, knive, in Knives Out, but they get to they get to play ranges, and you can tell that. So I think what Edward Norton and Miles, tell me if you agree with this. I heard someone say this on another podcast, and I, I think it's accurate. If he respects the director, he doesn't interfere, and if he doesn't, he becomes a pain in the ass, and then the movie ends up a mess. Um. Yes and no. I think more than anything, it's just the whole perception of him as somebody who like comes in and like interferes with the movies that he's in and like takes over the writing and editing processes. That's, I mean, the biggest examples of that are obviously American history X and uh, the incredible Hulk. Yes. But I think if you look like, cause he, he, you know, he got this reputation as being difficult to work with. And then there was kind of a period of a couple of years where he didn't do that much. Um, but then like post Birdman. I do get the sense that he's become a bit more self-aware about that. And like, you know, he's shown up in Wes Anderson ensembles regularly and like he's doing stuff here and there and he's doing stuff like this. I think he's relaxed a lot as an actor in recent years. And I think, you know, he, he hasn't necessarily hit the same level of stardom he used to be at. But I also don't necessarily know that he's aiming for that. No, I th- also think about where he started with that. What would Primal Fear, Primal Fear. dubbed like yeah. the next Brando, essentially. Well, and, like he got um, two Oscar nominations for like two of his first films. Like he yeah. was like off to the races. But I think this is this is a film that will for people not familiar. Excuse me, for people not familiar with his work, will you know this will be the film they go. Oh, he was in Glass Onion. Oh, that's the guy from it. Which he hasn't had a, a performance like that in a while. I think. You know, Birdman, people who watch that would typically be people who would have known his work before. But this is going to reach a different audience uh, in a different way. And, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I think he did great in it. I, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about a film that's about yes. mysteries without, you know, I don't want to give anything away at all. But I, I enjoyed the ride I, I the whole time through. You know, there's a lot of, you know, turns and twists as you'd expect. And... There was a little while that I'm thinking, yeah, it's not, you know, is this going to pan out? And it delivers. I think, you know, I think from yeah. beginning to end, it's it's just a lot of fun. And that's the thing with these movies is rarely do you have a cast of this caliber and actually just have fun. You know, we've seen with, with uh, earlier this year with Amsterdam and I'm starting to hear 
not so great things out of out of uh, out of from Babylon that you like you know can people just make a film that's enjoyable and I think you know I think uh, Ryan Johnson did a great job the first time and I think he follows it up with uh, yeah. For me, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to watch this. I'd have to watch the the first film again to to really judge with, one over the other. But they're that close. Their free time. Yeah, exactly. But they're that close. Yeah. So it's not. You don't say, "Oh, well, this one's a step down or a huge step above." No, it's it's he's, definitely he's not repeating himself. I think is the important distinction. I, that's how I want to wrap that up. Like for people who are worried, it's the same movie over again with a different cast and different location. It is not. It is a mm-hmm. it is a different type of mystery. It's a different type of movie. It's it, it's only in, it's broad strokes, in any way, like what you've seen before. Um, so it's quite quite uh, novel in that sense. Um, before we get to what Miles saw, let's let's do Babylon for a second because I did not see it because I, some of you know, I'm in Florida this week for Mets Fantasy Camp, which I'll be returning from in a, in a day or so. So I I made that arrangement a year ago, so I could not go to Babylon. But I've read the script, and it does feel like everyone saw the script that I read and their responses are all over the place. It is very unusual for a um, fairly early screening like this that doesn't have an embargo to not get mostly wet raves, i.e. pretty much every Marvel movie, even a handful of like the DC movies. Like, didn't Black Adam get largely positive words that very first dump of social media reactions? Um, Measured, but still leaning far more positive than it ultimately averaged out at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everyone can be Miles and love the movie. Yeah, I even went to see it a second time. I don't know what's wrong with me. There you go. Hey, listen, it happens. Um, but yeah, it sounds like, it also sounds like it's the trailer for three hours. Like, if the trailer did it for you, you'll love it. If the trailer seemed exhausting and, and in, in particularly, like, weird taste, that's probably how you're going to feel about the movie. So, um, Obviously, as a tech player, I think it's still in, and I don't know that it's not going to get a Best Picture nomination because it is still a big, glitzy movie about Hollywood for Hollywood and all that. But um, it's probably not... It's definitely not the one to beat, I would say. And it's probably going to be somewhere in between First Man and La La Land, if I had to guess. I don't know what you guys thought after seeing it, the, the reactions. Yeah, just going off the reactions... Even though it is a big movie about Hollywood, which Hollywood loves to reward, it also sounds like it's like very weird and very out there and very intense in that regard. And like, I I definitely wonder whether something like that would connect if like even the very first reactions are already this divisive. But I agree with you that I think below the line, it's like absolutely going to do great. And it may even end up like being in like the top five of like, getting the most nominations or whatever. Sure. But above the line, outside of Margot Robbie, I think we got to wait and see. True. I think the screenplay is a harder sell. The direction could go either way, and it just depends then on picture. You know, but if you're walking with five tech nods, and if you can get an acting nomination, it, it, it seems like you'd be in play for it, especially with 10 slots. But we will see. I'll, I'll be seeing it soon, so we'll check in there. But it, uh, if anything... Somehow it's, it's something I feel like a lot of people maybe want to see more now. Being like, oh, wait, this is weird? This isn't just like prestige Oscar fare? It's almost like a, like a bonus in some way of just being not the movie maybe you imagined when you first heard it was happening. What's the final runtime on this? Like the shade over three hours, I think. Okay, that's what uh. I thought. Yeah, you know that's that's the thing is if you're not on board with a film and then you say, oh, guess what? There's three hours of it. That's a you know, that's a, a tough, uh, yeah, tough pill to swallow. Minutes, so, yeah, you know, a, a, an average film for an hour and a half is much better received than a three-hour average film. That you go, can I Truly. please do anything else? Yes, agreed. Uh, Miles, why don't you talk about what you've seen? Uh, yeah, so I uh, got to catch up with a bunch of films uh, this past week. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I, of course, went to opening night and saw Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yes, yes. Um, it's amazing. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's easily one of the MCU's best. Certainly one of their most emotional films. Uh, it's very much bookended by these scenes that are 
very much engineered to sort of get the tear ducts flowing. And, you know, based on my theater's reaction, it seems like it was definitely effective, especially when there are some quiet or almost silent moments where you can really hear everyone around you going, oh, no. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I thought it was a very strong Marvel movie. I thought the action and the special effects were a lot stronger than the first time around. Um, craft, production design, costumes, music, all, you know, very much living up to the level set up before. Um, Namor's a brilliant new villain slash anti-hero type character that I definitely want to see more of. I, he's a tough one from the comics to adapt. And I'm kind of amazed that they like managed to make the little wings on his ankles, like almost menacing. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty impressive considering how silly he looks on the surface, but they, 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 they found a good hook with him and with his culture in general. Um, I thought all the stuff exploring that world was really interesting and it made fleshing that out made the conflict between the two nations feel much more weighted. Yeah. Um, I thought all the returning cast was great. Uh, Letitia Wright has a lot more to do and I think she handles it really well. Uh, Tina Cuerta's uh, Namor, of course, uh, Winston Duke, like <laughs> kind of steals every scene that he's in. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to see a lot more of him from these movies. Same with Lupita Nyong'o. She doesn't show up till later on, but she is good. Danai Guerrero is just as good as ever. Uh, motherfucking Angela Bassett though. Like I would love, I think she needs to like very seriously be in the supporting actress conversation. And I think there's room in a year like this. Um, especially because it's the kind of emotionally charged performance in a movie like this that people can get really invested in. Um, I think that would be terrific. And she absolutely deserves it. Um, so all that stuff is great. Um, it's not perfect. Um, the Ironheart stuff was fine, but I'd, I wouldn't say it like got me super excited about her show. I'm still going to watch it, obviously, but like I didn't, the, especially the final armor design. I was a little whatever about um uh it's too long yep. and uh as seems to be a running thing with a lot of movies this year uh it's got way too many subplots uh the biggest offender of which is every like 20 to 30 minutes inexplicably we got to check in on what martin freeman and julia louis dreyfus are doing yes. and i'm sorry but i couldn't give less of a fuck about either one of them um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus in particular, we've seen her in like three or four things now, and I just don't care about that character. And I don't know why, obviously she's like setting up Thunderbolts and doing a bunch of other stuff, but like they haven't given us a reason to be interested or mm -hmm. intrigued or well, she's not funny, especially like there's just not really anything to work with there. There's not much to sink your teeth into. It's just constantly the same thing. Like, well, I'm here and you don't know why. And like, okay. Yeah. And... Can we... She's very much trading off of Julia Louis-Dreyfus's, like, existing, like, Seinfeld slash Veep persona. True, true. But there's nothing specific about this version of it. Or, like, I, d I don't know. Like, when you first saw Nick Fury in a few scenes here and there, he had this sort of mystique about him. And, like, oh, he was putting these things together and you wanted to know more. Here, it's just another version of that, but it's not mysterious and it's not especially funny. So, like, what are we doing here? Um, And, yeah, Martin Freeman's just, like... I don't, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like he just, you can cut all of his scenes out of the movie and you don't really lose anything. Besides like um, just wanting him there because he was in the first one. Oh, and totally. And listen, I love Martin Freeman. He's my favorite actor that regularly is perfectly cast as fantasy characters in bad movies. Eh. Um, but you know, it, there's one scene where his character has something relevant to do. And then the rest of it is just him like on the phone, like, Hey, let me know if I can help. And then like, <laughs> like okay that's definitely the weak side and it's not like a major part of the movie but it crops up just enough to like keep you from really getting into a good rhythm with it um but but i think it definitely builds up to a really intense and interesting place and um you know the the tributes to chadwick are really well done there's a lot of like impressive restraint on display there Sure. Like they get, they rip off the bandaid immediately and get right into it so that, you know, we can start to move on from it. And then they sort of like come back and bring it home in the end. And it works really well. I mean, no actor could ask for a better send off. For sure. um, 
So yeah, I think there's a lot to recommend there. I've kind of gone back and forth on whether I like it more than the original, because both are great for different reasons. I think the original is much tighter in its story and sort of theming, whereas this one's a bit more, because it's more ambitious, it's juggling a bit more and it doesn't all completely land. But for the most part, it's, you know, if you you haven't seen it already, but you're invested in this kind of thing, it's it should hit your expectations. Very much. I agree. I was going to say real quick about the Martin Freeman. And I think the weight of the MCU is pulling down some of the more recent films because they, you know, they, there is a necessity uh, seen throughout that they have to always connect it to the bigger world. And by doing so, you can't just have a great film. It's always got to be the Disney plus show you're promoting or, how does this connect to the bigger, you know, you know, the bigger uh, uh, universe? And I think if they could, you know, if you can just cut those out, you know, I, I don't see where his character is necessary at all. And if you did cut him out, would it be a better film? I think so. And I, I but it's unfortunate, because, but it's also kind of like growing pains. What do you do? You've built this universe. You can't back away from it. So there'll be fans who will be disappointed that he's not in there and, but I think you're for as a film, the uh, you know the criticism is going to be, you know, why do we have this in here besides uh, creating that connection to the bigger and bigger and uh, wider universe? So, you know, it is what it is. I I, I can look past that. I, it didn't kill it for me, but you know, at this point, after you have what twenty five films, it is what it is. So. That's uh, 30, I think. Well, 30? Yeah. That, we that far? Whatever, whatever my current ranking yeah. is up to. Jeez. Um, um, no, I agree with that. And I think it maybe stands out more in a movie like this just mm-hmm. because the standalone stuff is so strong and so, like, emotionally engaging in a way that, like, the Ant-Man movies or whatever simply aren't. Like, I don't mind it so much in Thor or whatever because, like, he's so, like, entangled with so many different parts of the universe But with Black Panther, there's enough going on in Wakanda and just sort of its surrounding, you know, regions that you don't really need to keep dipping back into that because the core story there is so much more interesting. You just wonder how it's going to play in in 20 years as a standalone film. You know, what's the reaction going to be for those who are not, you know, right now the MCU is alive and, and, uh, and, and thriving. But, you know, in 20 years, who knows where where that will stand? I can't imagine it maintaining its level of uh, importance you know, using the quotes um, as it does now. So, you know, where does this, how do, how do the, how will these films age is, is my question. It's, um, mm-hmm. But unless I buy, finish that time machine, uh, I won't know. Well, if you ever get around to that, do let me know. Okay. Um, hold on. Miles. Yes. Well, we would already know if you did it, you would have told us. Steve. If, it's your kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, get out of here. Oh, I'll, I'll tell uh, me later. If that if that was the first course, what was the next course? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah, so I also saw the I also saw the menu. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was pretty good. Not great. Um I think all the actors in it are, you know, everyone is in top form. Everyone is doing great work. You know, love to see Ray Fiennes as like a weird, creepy, obsessive artist. Um, Hong Chow, you know, keeping everyone in their place, like all really good stuff. Um, I like the sort of, you know, subtitles describing each of the courses and I you did know, like the that. list of ingredients and stuff like that. I thought that was clever. Um, it's clearly trying to do like the satire of the 1% and foodie culture and, you know, how endless analyzation sort of ultimately destroys art in in like very broad terms. Um, I don't know that it has anything. I don't know that it has a very strong or unique take beyond just Mm -hmm. these, they're bad things in the world. Um, But it's like, it's always entertaining to watch. It's very enjoyable. It, It goes down easy. Um, you know, it doesn't feel especially long. All the actors in it are really good and it's a nice tight ensemble. Um, yeah, there's definitely some like, you know, good humorous moments and some clever writing in general. Um, so I, 
not one of my favorites of the year, not one that like super stands out. But, you know, if you're looking forward to it, it's definitely a solid, entertaining watch. Sure. Uh, Steve, you saw it. You liked it as well. I was uh, mm-hmm. more lukewarm on it. Um, I, I I don't know if we can... I guess it's... Well, Miles, you tell me if you think we can talk about this or if it's too uh, getting close to the plot. So, once you know what Ray Fiennes' character is ultimately up to, right? When that, that comes into play... Sure. So did you feel like that was in the works for a while? Like, what do you think happened all the other times at the restaurant? I think it just happened to be that this was an, a particularly special occasion, I guess, mm-hmm. because there's the couple that's there that they say they've been mm-hmm. there like yeah, at yeah. least 10 times. Yeah, so one of them crazy is- shit. All the extra stuff has not happened to them yeah, on those other occasions, or they wouldn't come back. Because one of those two is, is treated fairly poorly, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it just, it seemed like, a, I don't know, I in the moment at least, it, it hit me weird. I was, I was like, so this is just, today, this restaurant is more than a restaurant, as it were. And every other time, it's just a really expensive, very exclusive place to eat. All right. Uh, I think the pot just finally boiled over is what it was. Okay. Yeah, I see what you did there. Um, Fair, fair, fair. Um, I I will revisit that one at some point, just because, like I said, I saw it in the midst of, towards the end of, at the the point of a film festival where you're just like, oh boy, guys, come on. Like, I don't know. It did not hit me in the way that I would like it to. So we'll see. Um, You have one more that you saw, Miles, and then we'll move on to something else. Uh, tell us about your final film-going endeavor. Uh, yes, so the uh, the last of the three that uh, I've seen that we're talking about uh, is also easily my favorite of the bunch, and that would be Park Chan-wook's decision to leave. Um, I fucking loved everything about this movie. Uh, it's so well-written. It's so sharply directed. It's got some of the best, like, shots, transitions, like editing rhythms like you're watching no actually it's a bit more it's a bit more sophisticated than that believe it or not sliding Um, doors you're you're watching a master at absolute top of his game and like not like flexing but not showing off um he's clearly working in a very hitchcockian vein uh which i think is a very good fit for his sensibilities um the two lead actors, um, Park Hale and uh, Tang Wei, um, I know I'm butchering the pronunciations there. Uh, they're both absolutely mesmerizing, and even more so, the chemistry between them is electrifying. Like anytime they're in a scene together, like the tension between them and like just the complicated dynamics that their relationship undergoes, it's it's riveting to watch. Um, it does run maybe just a little bit too long. Like you could probably shave like 10 to 15 minutes just for pacing. Um, it does take a detour in the third act that like, I I wouldn't say it it throws off the momentum, but it does slow it down a little bit. Um, so, um, there is that, but it ends on a really strong note and it sort of all ties it together. It's, one of those movies where there's not a wasted moment, anything that might seem like a throwaway line of dialogue or like, you know, an incidental prop has a role to play and comes back in a big way later on. Um, it's just so well done and I cannot recommend it highly enough. Awesome. I will be watching it shortly. I've, I've had the link for a little bit. And just like I said, I'm, I'm out of town, so it, it did not happen, but soon, soon. Um, let's do, Kayflee's question. Kayflee says, Kayflee 208, with the release of She Said, coming on Friday, Filmaholic Face-Off, journalism in film with a noir twist. For noir vampire, I may be stretching on some of these things, but we will forgive it. So, uh, first up is Spotlight or She Said. I believe I'm the only one who's who's seen She Said, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, She Said's amazing. Spotlight's pretty amazing too so i'm going spotlight so it's a spotlight sweep uh good night and good luck versus the china syndrome 
Um, I don't think I've seen the China. I'm not 100% sure I even know what it is. Right. Is there someone big in that or is a big director or something? It's it is, but it's um, what's what's that? It's I don't know. It's uh, Michael Douglas, right? It's uh, it's a new oh, meltdown. Oh yeah, movie. Jane Fonda. Yeah, Jane Fonda, yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. Lemmon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, what what was the other one? Good night and good luck. Yeah. Yeah, that one's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, spoiler alert! I'm going good night and good luck. I love it. Uh, I liked it. And I don't recall if I've seen the China Syndrome, so that makes it easy. Uh, Red. But I'm curious if it's good. It, it, you know, yeah, it is good. Maybe uh, Reds versus Absence of Malice. I've not seen either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Reds a while back. Absence of Malice. I don't recall. Is that? Let's see who's in this. No, I don't think I've seen that as well. Um, it's that easy. Let's go with Reds. Uh, uh, sure, I'll go Reds. Uh, Absence of Malice is solid. It's a it's a Paul Newman movie. Sally uh, Field. Pollock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, three Days of the Condor versus the Pelican Brief. Some birds fighting it out. Um, I've seen both, but both of them I've seen quite a long time ago, like maybe even pre-college. Um, but I remember enjoying Three Days of the Condor a bit more. Okay. Steve? Uh, I'm the opposite. Pelican Brief. Good old-fashioned, uh, kind of popcorn film. I mean, they're both, they're they're both definitely that. They're both, you know, Hollywood versions of of perhaps a grittier story. I think I might go Three Days of the Condor just... Because I haven't seen it in a longer time, so I like that narrative, but it's close. It's the second John Grisham today, right? The firm mm-hmm. and, uh, and the uh, The Parallax View versus All the President's Men. Um, Parallax View, I probably need to revisit. I don't remember much about it, but All the President's Men is a stone cold classic, so that. Yeah, yeah. Steve? Yeah, all the pre- <clears throat> all the president's men for sure. So yeah, it's a sweep. It's one of the best. Hard dog that one. And then finally, Zodiac versus the Insider. I do really like both of these. Uh, the Insider is one of my favorite Michael Mann films, but Zodiac is an absolute masterpiece. Um, yeah, no, I have to go Zodiac. Right. Steve. Um, yeah, I have to go Zodiac as well. I mean, Zodiac's. Zodiac hits it plays in different levels. Um, it's creepy as hell, but also there's the the other uh, more investigative or whatever aspects of it, which that plays just as well. So, yeah, let's go with that Zodiac. Sure. Um, since we're keeping it a little short <clears throat> because of um, my camp stuff and everyone being under the weather, we're going to go to a um, Oscar recalibration momentarily. I will just say with uh, Fantasy Camp, it's been awesome. I'll put up some stuff on the site this weekend or next week about it. But it is interesting that it's you can't really do an approximation for film. You can't really go to like directing Fantasy Camp and like you pay some money and you get to like direct a fake film, but it's just like directing a film. You know, though. I wonder if I would do that. Steve, would you do that? For film? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was like you pay you pay some money, they fly you out to Hollywood, they put you up in a hotel for a week, and you spend the week helming a film. It's not a real film; it doesn't come out or whatever. But there's actors, there's there's all that. Everything is is legit otherwise. Well, it's it's kind of like the uh, the live version of the old uh, PC game Steven Spielberg's director's chair. Did you, <laughs> did you have that? Where you got yeah, to? I remember that game. Yeah, from start to finish, make a film and choose your scenes i think jennifer aniston and i believe quentin tarantino were in there and yeah um yeah i'd do it yeah it'd be fun miles less so because you've you've done it for real yeah i know i don't really need the simulated version i just make real films what if it was somehow like this camp where like the whole the other gimmick here is that it's um former met greats so people from the 86 world series team and stuff what if you're um what if it was a fake film you were directing, but you got to work with, 
I, there isn't an equivalent, but like legit Hollywood actors were giving their time and they were paid by this group. Well, then, yeah, obviously that would make a massive difference. <laughs> well, that's that's what I was thinking is that. Yeah, you get to uh, you get to give direction to. I don't know. I wanted to say Kevin Spacey. I was like, no, no, we're not doing that one. Uh, you know, the like you get to you get to make a movie with Owen Wilson. Sure. Yep. I totally do that. Yeah, you get the movie, make a movie with Ed Norton, and you find out if he respects you or not. Because I'm sure he doesn't, but I also don't care. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If you're if you're hanging out with actual Hollywood, you know, professionals, then you get to have the opportunity to have conversations and yes. to hear their insights to the, you know in a more candid fashion, not your ten minute interview, but a real no, you know, sit back and chill. So. That's, trust me, there's many a story that I have heard this uh, this week that I will yeah. not tell so. because I have integrity. But they they tell you some shit. So yeah, if you, if you <laughs> I guess it I guess it's the equivalent of like having a conversation with Brewster. You know, just like oh well, I know that now. Interesting. Um, so yeah, more more on that to come. But I just thought that was a, a quick aside that I was thinking of. But in uh, in light of our our lack of energy, can't tell during this episode at all. Let's um, do something we promised last week when we were talking about how we were looking for noirs to do for Noir November. We teased out we were going to do a different film this week. We were going to do the year that Chinatown came out, which is also the year that another film pretty much dominated, as you'll find out. But let's do it. So we'll start with Best Film Editing. That award went to The Towering Inferno. If you recall, your options are Blazing Saddles, already pretty awesome, Chinatown, Earthquake, and The Longest Yard. I would probably keep it. Mm, yeah, keep it. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's fine. I would have gone Blazing Saddles, but I'm okay with it. Cinematography. That's a wild editing nominee, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So is Longest Yard. That one I can at least see where they're coming from, but you almost never see comedy represented in, like, that kind of tech category. For sure. For sure. Cinematography. The Towering Inferno wins. If you recall, your options are Chinatown, Earthquake, Lenny, and Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, recall. Mm, recall. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, so this one I would give to Chinatown. Some of the shots in that are iconic. Hmm. Can you give me the list again? Towering Inferno, Chinatown, Earthquake, Lenny, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, let's go Chinatown. Well, it's Chinatown, then. There you go. Not Lenny? Lenny's. No, I do like Lenny. It's about Lenny Bruce. Uh, best Art Direction. The Godfather Part 2 wins. So now you guys know what the year we're doing is. If you recall, uh. recall your options are Chinatown. Earthquake. The Island at the Top of the World. Miles, do you have a cousin who likes that movie? I don't think I've ever heard of it. That's why I asked. <laughs> and uh, The Towering Inferno. What category was this? Art Direction? Art Direction. Art direction. Okay. <laughs> Can I have them all again? I'm sorry. Yes, Godfather Part 2, Chinatown, Earthquake, The Island at the Top of the World, and The Towering Inferno. I'd probably say leave it. Uh, yeah, leave it. I was going to say maybe recall sure. for Chinatown, but yeah, yeah, those seem to be the two. Now I'm just caught in a loop of trying to figure out what island at the top of the world is. Um, best sound, earthquake wins. Bet you didn't have earthquake getting all these nominations on your dance card. No. Um, if you recall, your options are Chinatown, The Conversation, The Towering Inferno. And Young Frankenstein, yes. Mel Brooks made two of the funniest movies of all time, and he put them out in the same year. That's wild. How did I never know that? Yeah, they, they came out, like, not even super far apart, if I recall. I'm going to double check so I don't actually uh, say something I don't mean. So I'm going to say recall. Well, I'm going to say uh, recall. Yeah, I'm fine with recall. 
Uh, oh, recall. Recall. All right. Actually, they booked uh, end of the year, February and December, by the way. Incredible. Um, fuck it then. I'm going to go Young Frankenstein. I love how they recreated the old timey effects of the era. Oh, I'm jumping the line to say same. Uh, well, I guess I lose, but I was going to say the conversation because it's all about sound. Yeah. See, I would have assumed that one, but I haven't seen it, so it's hard to say. There you go. Best costume design. The Great Gatsby wins. When we recall. I just feel like no one cares about that version of Gatsby. Your options are Chinatown, Daisy Miller, Miles' dad loves that one, The Godfather <laughs> Part 2, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, recall. 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 Uh, let's go Murder on the Orient Express. Very, very nice variety there. Hmm. Well, I was. I had two others before. Well, what do you, um, well, you don't know where I'm going. I'm going to go with Godfather Part 2. Nice. A couple I'm different eras. Go, of... I'm going to go Chinatown so we wind up back with Gatsby. Uh, that's my other one. Right. Fair enough. Congratulations, um, Gatsby. Yeah, right. Best song. We may never love like this again from the towering inferno. <laughs> if you recall, your options are Benji's theme from Benji. Of course. Blazing Saddles from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be it. Um, Little Prince from The Little Prince. And Wherever Love Takes Me from Gold. Can we just skip this one and say we all go Blazing Saddles? Yes. Yeah. They're really digging deep here. Yeah. He rode a blazing saddle. Oh, it's amazing. Love it. Benji's theme. Yeah, right. Um, Music. uh, Lyrics by Betty Box for that one. Uh, best scoring, original song score and adaption, or scoring adaptation, because that was a category they did at one point. The Great Gatsby. Wait, hold on. So is this score, or what is this? No, no, because we still have best original dramatic score coming up. So what is this again? Best scoring, original score, original song score and adaptation, or scoring adaptation. That is the exact name of the category. So what... So what are we... Well, The Great Gatsby wins. Okay. And the options are, this might help a little bit, The Little Prince or Phantom of the Paradise. So it's like basically like rock opera type stuff with with Phantom of the Paradise. Like, I'm guessing it's... I don't even know what the equivalent would be anymore. Let me take... I, I just... I can't wrap my head around like what it is there like... I mean, it eventually became... Judging. It got got filtered into Best Original Score eventually. Yeah, I don't know. Like scoring for songs? I don't know. Sort of. Do we just just leave it? I don't care. No. I I say recall. I'm looking at the the nominees. Paul Williams is nominated for Phantom of the Paradise. So, you know, anyone who hangs out with the Muppets deserves uh, my vote. So, Phantom of the Paradise. Cool. Into it. Wow, we best, did it. Yep. Enjoy, Paul. Best, best original dramatic score. The Godfather Part 2 wins. If you recall, your options are Chinatown, Murder on the Orient Express, Shanks, and The Towering Inferno. By the I way... I gotta leave it with Godfather. By the way, Shanks yep. is a surrealist horror film. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm fine with Godfather. Yeah, Godfather. By the way, um, Shanks is Marcel Marceau's first major film role. Oh. And it's the last film directed by William Castle. Oh. It's Interesting. About, it's about a puppeteer able to manipulate dead bodies like puppets. And that's an Oscar movie. Yeah, for original dramatic score. Fascinating. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to watch that, aren't you? I'm curious now. It might end up... Uh... Next year's 31 days, we can remember it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, we can skip documentary feature. I don't know that any of us have seen the five. Uh, foreign language film goes to Amarcord. That might be the only one we've seen. All right. Best screenplay adapted from from other material. Best adapted screenplay. The Godfather Part 2 wins. If you recall, your options are 
The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz. <laughs> Miles, you got, you got someone on that one? Uh, I think my third uncle twice removed is a big fan of that one. Hmm. He was removed the second time for liking it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lenny, Murder on the Orient Express, and Young Frankenstein, written by Gene Ooh. Wilder and Mel Brooks, based on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, man. I was going to say leave it, but then you said Young Frankenstein. No, recall. I want Young Frankenstein. Uh, Steve, where are you going? Keep it. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep it, but Ah. Young Frankenstein would be a very close second. Yeah, let's see that or Duddy Duddy Kravitz. I know know you you love Duddy Kravitz. (laughs) Who doesn't? Yeah. Where are my dud heads at? <laughs> All right. Best original screenplay. Chinatown wins. If you recall, the options are Alice doesn't live here anymore. A conversation. Day for night. Harry and Tonto. i probably say leave it. Mm, yeah, leave it. Leave it. Uh, sure, whatever. Best I'm glad we're also enthusiastic about the movie we chose this year for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we kind of talked last week about why. I guess it's playing out sort of natural. We were curious how it would play for us. Treating it just like a movie. Um, best Supporting Actress. Ingrid Bergman wins Murder on the Orient Express. If you recall. Did she win for that? That's fascinating. If you recall... Your options are Valentina Cortez for Day for Night, Madeline Kahn, Blazing Saddles, Lily Von Stuhl, Diane Ladd, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and Talia Shire, The Godfather Part 2. Recall. Recall. Sure, recall. Uh, Some very good ones in here, but I'm going to go with Madeline Kahn for Blazing Saddles. Second, done. Okay, Steve. Talia Shire. Sure, she, she you, it. you gotta vote. Yeah. She's she was my second choice. Madeline Kahn is my Best. second choice, so yes. I'm not I'm not disappointed. Best supporting actor. Robert De Niro wins The Godfather Part Two. Other nominees: Fred Astaire, The Towering Inferno. Jeff Bridges, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Very Michael very frightening. <laughs> Michael V. Gazzo. The Godfather Part Two, and Lee Strasberg, The Godfather Part Two. Yeah, what man? The Godfather movies just dominate supporting actor every year. Um, I could make an argument for Strasberg, but I think I'm going to say leave it. Steve, I'll say leave it. Sure, that's fine. Best Actress. Ellen Burstyn wins for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. If you recall, you have Diane Carroll for Claudine, Faye Dunaway, Chinatown, Valerie Perrine Lenny, and Gina Rollins, A Woman Under the Influence. Uh, Recall. Recall. Sure, why not? Uh, let's go with Faye Dunaway for Chinatown. I second that. All right, there you go. I, I would have probably gone back to Burston, but she wins. There you go. Best actor. Art Carney wins for Harry and Tonto. If you recall, when you recall. Your options are Albert Finney, Murder on the Orient Express. Dustin Hoffman, Lenny. Jack Nicholson, Chinatown. And Al Pacino, the, the Godfather, Part Two. Okay, so recall. Yeah, recall. Um, what a lineup! Very, uh, very good lineup. Yeah. Um, so very honorable mention to Albert Finney for uh, Orient Express. He's brilliant there. But um, I have to go with Al Pacino. It's his Michael Corleone is one of the great film characters of all time. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll go with it. It's, it was that or, or Nicholson, but I th- yeah, Pacino. Nicholson's good, but I don't think it's among his best work. Sure, I would have gone Dustin Hoffman, so it wouldn't have mattered. Director Coppola wins The Godfather Part Two. If you recall, your options are Roman Polanski, Chinatown, Francois Truffaut, Day for Night, Ben Fosse, Lenny, and Johnny Cassavetes for A Woman Under the Influence. I'll leave it. Leave it. Yeah, I can't argue this one. And finally, Godfather Part 2 wins Best Picture. If you'd like to change that, your options are Chinatown, The Conversation, Lenny, Towering Inferno. Also, by the way, in this world where there's 10 nominees, one of the Mel Brooks movies is in. Oh, a thousand percent. Maybe both. Maybe. I could see a world where that happened. Great. How do we feel about this group? Um, I'm going to say leave it again. It's a great lineup, but it's Godfather 2. It is, yeah. It's it's a, you know got to be a nice feeling to go against yourself for best picture with uh, Coppola. Sure. Two in there. All right. But I might have yeah. gotten Lenny, but Godfather Part 2 is fine. Oh, no. Um, I love so, Godfather yeah. Part 2. We don't, we don't change a whole hell of a lot here. Yeah. Which... It turned out to be perfect for the way uh, we kind of feel right now. So, well, it's kind of it's kind of tough though. You know, it's, it's a different era. You know, yes. I, the Towering Inferno. I don't think is going to play as well. You know, what 50, forty years later, forty five years later, as some of these other films. You know, it's obviously it it connected with people back then, but yeah, you know, it's it's uh, of its uh, it's of its time. And, hey, very fair. Um, so yeah. So let's uh, let's call it. Let's make it. Uh, we've done enough two-hour shows that we can do an hour show, and that's fine. Yes. Um, so say where you can be followed, and um, I guess since we're pretty low on movies, what's your most anticipated movie left in the year, Miles? Hmm. Well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Uh, you can check out my writing on Awards Radar and Looper. And uh, I'll tell you what, the uh, the movie I'm most looking forward to for the rest of the year is Violent Night. That yeah. looks like so much fun, and I love the casting of David Harbour as the John Wick version of Santa. Yeah, I like it, I like it. Steve? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at FilmSnork. Um, oh, you can also listen to The Verse. Uh, check out at The Versecast on Twitter to find places to follow. Uh, we cover a lot of stuff. It's fun. Um, most anticipated? You know what? I, I, maybe sure. She Said is, is up there. I'm trying nice. to think of others that stand out. There's There's so much that, you know, so much I haven't seen, so it's it's tough to uh, make that assessment, but yeah, she said is is, is definitely up there. All right, All right. Um, you can find me at Joey Maggots on Facebook, Twitter, for now, at least. Uh, Instagram, Letterbox, all that all that jazz. Awards uh, Radar on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I, since I've seen most things, um, I guess it's Babylon. But I will also say <clears throat> that I am very much looking forward to when I have a little bit of time and I can start to come back to some things like i would i got my screening invite for the whale and like i've already seen it but if i wasn't so busy i would i would be curious to see how it plays a second time because yeah i'm still fascinated by that movie and i've seen it um so we'll see but uh yes we will continue on with noir vember next week and uh we'll be uh in the shadow of miles will you have seen the fablemans yet or not yet uh, no, but I should be able to catch She Said okay. and uh, maybe Bardo as well. Oh, Bardo. Um, we can. I'd be curious how you feel about Bardo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the sure. trailer looked great. Uh, so I, I did I not talk about seeing it a second You might have talked about it briefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the second time I don't think you did. Yeah, it's so it's 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 shorter. It I don't really think there's any scenes missing. It just gets to the point in some of the scenes a little quicker. So um, I'm curious if I don't know that you're going to feel the length quite as much as we all did the the very first time. It's still a long movie, 
but uh, it may just play as a long movie as opposed to a like I feel mildly punished by this movie. So it'll be uh, sure. it'll be interesting to see your response there, and we'll talk about she said. Um, we keep getting quoted on the on the uh, social media for that one, so here's hoping you guys don't hate it. <laughs> and then um, we're we're on to Thanksgiving and then December. Jesus Christ! Um, quickly before we leave, are any of you looking forward to Strange World? I know it's about to come out, and I just it's sort of under the radar um, for me as a like maybe throwback Disney movie. I like the look of it. I like the trailer. Um, I had heard kind of mixed to tepid things uh, coming out of the first screening. So I guess we'll see. But conceptually, yeah, I'm definitely into it. Cool. Steve? I mean, it looks fine. My, if my daughters want to see it, I'll be seeing it. But um, that's I'm kind of a animation feeling recently, right? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what's up with it lately. I used to, anything animation I've seen. And lately I'm like, I don't know. It's a uh, ten tire bust for Steve. I, I have some. Uh, well, actually, you know, I've had some really oh, big oh. top top of my list favorites. You know, uh, both uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines and Wolfwalkers were two of my favorite films of the year. But you know, it seems like everything after my that top tier is kind of like, yeah. eh, tis what it is. Yeah. Miles, were you mildly concerned when he when he answered like he was going to answer that question? Yeah, it, it could have gone in a very poor direction. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear the question. So. Oh, I said it for you. It's hentai or bust now. Oh, no, no, no. With animation. No, but you went actually. <laughs> and then I imagine Miles and I both just tensed up a little bit like, oh, no. It's like, Is he about to give us some hentai recommendations? Yeah, What's yeah, happening like, here? <laughs> Tentacle King 7 is a real good one. I don't know. Uh, not um, as good as 6, but. Oh, really? They Is it like the Saw movie? 6 is really the, the uh, surprise highlight of the sequels? <laughs> It's the eight arms is when it really kicks in. Um, no. <laughs> no arms, tentacles. No, tentacles, I'm sorry. I will say, though, it is pretty surprising to see Chris Rock show up in the ninth one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he wrote the story <laughs> for it. Yeah, I know. He was very invested in the first few. It's the only reason they made it is because he had a pitch. Right, it's, exactly. If, oh, the Fableman really people. There's another one, sorry, that I want to see. Oh, okay. Okay, you blew through a five-minute old question. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've seen the Fablemans, and and there's little to no pornography in that movie. It is though. I want to put this in your head real quick, Chris. Uh, you'll both be seeing it like next, but two not movies. none is what you're saying. Well, no, no, no. There's not. There's not porn. But tell me when you see it. So you know, sometimes I put a I put a bug in your head for something to observe. Tell me if this is the horniest Spielberg movie you've seen. Oh, interesting. And oh, because about teenagers. And it's not even particularly horny, but he's a fairly not horny director, right? I would not describe him as such. Yeah, no. and no. and when you think of the Steven Spielberg sex scene, you think of an unfortunate one, right? I don't even know Munich if I can think of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Wait, there's what's, a, what's... A, You don't remember Munich? Oh, Munich. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking his classics, like his like seventies, eighties, and like no, yeah, yeah. You he know was that. thinking of Munich, and he was trying to imagine how that would work. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jaws just bites <laughs> off someone someone's junk, but they go at it anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's in the deleted scenes. It's like Crash. Yeah. What did What did Quint say? It was uh, this amount to, to catch him, this amount to kill him, and this amount to fuck him. Yeah, yeah. He said, and then he said, then they said you're going to need a bigger boat, and then icky icky icky. Mm-hmm. He said, "I got it right here," and and this and that's <laughs> our, time that's to close our, <laughs> Yeah, this is our cue to stop. We were doing so well until then. Uh, yes, we'll be back next week, more in November. We'll be talking about more prestige films. Um, Steve will give us more hentai uh, recommendations, and uh, we will veer closer and closer to the Oscars because. Guys, I put up Golden Globe predictions. I didn't write anything about them yet, but I, I had to do that. And uh, that was a weird feeling. So we're moving closer and closer to all that jazz. So stay tuned. Everyone feel be safe. Uh, Miles and Steve feel better. I'm going to hopefully get some sleep and, and try not to blow out the rest of my hamstring uh, before I head back from camp. And uh, once we're all uh, settled back in at a, at a full speed, we will uh, more consistently... See you at the movies. So until then, be safe, 
and uh, you know, see something. Go go watch something. We got all these movies you spent a year waiting to see. They're starting to come out hot and heavy. So make the effort because they they come out in bunches. And Miles and Steve can tell you this. It's very easy to miss that one of them is coming out. And then suddenly nobody's talking about that movie. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't. Let oh, yeah, that totally. To like, I might have I might have already missed my window to see Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Like, if there's something you want to see. Pretend it's 10 years ago when you had to make a little more of an effort and, and write it down somewhere and have a have a plan. It's like voting. Make a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Which, you know, worked out this time, so keep up the good work. Sort of, kind of. Uh, yes, we will see you at the movies. We're going to bed. Thank you and good night. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content. <laughs>